Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Well, hello, and thanks for checking out the podcast. Coming up, Winnipeg's kindness kid, Jaden Schritt, my weather expert buddy, Bruce Johnson, our Loren McNabb on Brandon's meth crisis, and two people running for mayor, Jenny Makalak and Tim Dyack. Do me a favor. Please subscribe to this podcast and give it a nice rating, okay? And now, the podcast. I want to play for you now a quick conversation that I had when I got off the air at 4. I basically walked out of the studio door here, and uh, sitting in our green room area was young Jaden Schritt and his mom, Sharon. Uh, Jaden is Winnipeg's kindness kid, and he's been on my show several times now. And the last time he was on, he had an idea that his school was selling vegetables, $12 and $22 packs. And he thought, hey, I'll take the money for the school, but the veggies will give those to Winnipeg Harvest and Silo Mission instead of the people buying the veggies, taking the veggies home. Uh, and great idea. And so he dropped by last night. I had uh, another donation for him. And him and his mom, Jaden and Sharon, dropped by last night. And, of course, I rolled tape so you could hear it today. Hello, Jaden. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Why is it every time I see you, you've got your hand out wanting money? Uh. <laughs> That's okay, because I've got some for you. <laughs> okay. And, and Mom, can you believe this kid's got almost a 1,000 pounds now of vegetables? No. It's it's crazy. It's just insane. Yeah. He's, uh, he's actually at 1,007 pounds now. Oh, my gosh. After you're I over your goal. He's going to kick in a little bit of money from his GoFundMe, and then it'll be $1,450 raised. And 1,007 pounds, Good. so a little bit over, so it's awesome. Excellent. Well, uh, tell everybody about your GoFundMe. If they want to give, they can give it your GoFundMe, right? I have a GoFundMe called More Kindness 2018. Yep. Where you can donate money, and I'll put towards causes. Uh-huh. Hashtag More Kindness. Hashtag, Hashtag. More Kindness. Everything that you donate yeah. will be put to a good use. Good. If, even if you donate like $1, we can probably go to the dollar store, Yeah. buy a couple combs, maybe some underpants. I don't know. Sure. And those will go to the people who need it. There you go. Or maybe we can go buy some uh, apple. I don't know. <laughs> Your ideas never end, man. Now, no. let me let me uh, take care of some business here. So here's a check for you from Catherine for Jaden for $22. Thanks, Catherine. Here is uh, Lauren McNabb from the start here on CGOB. Mackling McGeary and McNabb gave me Ooh. 20 so that's okay. for you. Thank you. And uh, you're over your goal. And what is this? Your mom tells me you've got now another project that you're beginning. Yep. Since, well, welcome to Canada. It's getting cold already. Um, <laughs> we're making these get warm packages where there's going to be like mittens and hats and scarves in them. That is a good this idea. This is like, we didn't even make one prototype one yet, so I don't know what we're going to put in it. Yeah. I kind of want each one to have mittens, a hat, and maybe a scarf if we can find them. I remember, they might change, but that's maybe, what we've you know, got so hand far. and foot warmer, toe yeah. warmers. Good and idea. Hot chocolate gloves. or something. So this and would be for homeless people that are out in the cold weather and that this would help them stay warm. Yeah. Good idea. You know, we've got our knickers and kickers coming up pretty soon, too. What's that? It's uh, basically where we collect knickers and kickers, socks and underwear for Silo Mission. That's good. Yeah. I heard on the radio this mm -hmm. morning, I heard that you guys were um, 
I heard Salem on the radio say, like, oh, we need socks and underwear for the homeless people who can't afford it. There you go. And you're doing the same thing. So we'll maybe work together. Maybe we can work together and do that. Listen, I'm happy for you. You have accomplished your goal again. There is no stopping you, young Mm -hmm. Jaden Schritt. Are you happy? More than happy. Yeah, yeah. Well, give a big thank you to all the people that helped you out. Thank you, everybody. And I will put this money... To good use, and thank you. Good stuff. A lot. And now, Mom, you've got to deal with over a thousand pounds in vegetables. I don't know what it's I was thinking. <laughs> it's gonna be, it's gonna be one heck of a pickup that day. I'm like, yeah. oh my goodness, and then delivering it, and yeah, I'm, um, I might have gotten myself into a little deeper than I expected, yeah. but it's worth it. It so, is. You know, and you I know, won't be able to lift my arms for two days afterwards, yeah, but it's yeah. all right. <laughs> and you know what? I was, I was gonna ask you this because I have talked to uh, a lot of people since I met your son. And the moms and dads that I talk to say, what a great kid. Like, you oh, really yeah. haven't done anything different with him, eh? No, I try to corrupt him. It doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> but he's just a, a caring kid. It's just the way he is. He's got a big heart. He's he's always been like that. Really? He's always been the one to go if someone's crying when he was a child. Like, yeah. when he was a baby, he'd go over and like, oh, no, you know. Yeah, but yeah. He's always been the one he wants to make the world a better place. And mm-hmm. he wants everybody to see the goodness <laughs> in everyone because yeah. he believes everyone has some. And yeah. he just doesn't like it when uh, when people are, are down on others or on themselves. And suffering, yeah. 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 Thank you for coming in, pal. I really appreciate it. There's one more thing that I need to say to everybody out yes. there. Don't be a bystander. Great way to end. Jaden, thank you. Thank you. Sharon, thanks a lot. Thank you so much, Hal. Time for a song, and then my weather expert buddy, Bruce Johnson. This one's called Cold Weather. Since when do I live at the North Pole? I can't feel my hands on my little toe. My hair was still wet, but then it froze. And mucus is dripping out my nose. Cause now the air is freezing, it feels totally kilos there to get us in the mood to talk about this cold weather and my weather expert buddy bruce johnson joins us on the phone now bruce people have been requesting you they want to know what you think of this weather Uh, well i can't say those words on the radio but uh (laughs) because it's wet and it's interfering with our harvest so yeah Uh, anyway it's it is a cool air mass and it's that looks like it's going to stick around for a while but the interesting part today is that the record snowfall for today is 0.2 centimeters in 1991, going all the way back to 1872. I can't find anything more than that. Wow. So it's, uh, yeah, if we get any kind of uh, even measurable snow, but let's say if we get half a centimeter, one centimeter snow, it would actually break a daily record. Mm. Now, it gets harder to do that, you know, a few days from now because you get the 10 centimeters in a day and stuff like that. In fact, 
on the 25th of September of 1872, it was 18.3 centimeters. So you can get snowfall this time of year. Yeah. It just isn't that common. Well, we'll see. So maybe record-breaking snowfall today. It won't take much. We'll have to keep an eye on that. I guess my big question, Bruce, and the question I've been getting from listeners who've been saying, get Bruce on, I want to hear what he has to say about this, is where has fall gone? We may end up going right from summer to winter here. Yeah, it's amazing. It's really been, well, yesterday, I guess it was as close to a fall day as you're going to get for a while. It was 12, which is actually a couple degrees below average, but it was closer than we've been. And I don't see anything. Maybe it'll get to 10 next Tuesday, and that will be a rainy day, so that won't feel much like anything other than wet. And it's it's definitely going to be below average. I don't see an end to it yet. And this Thanksgiving weekend, probably a good weekend to stay inside and eat. Well, and uh, I guess my point is, we are kind of a month ahead of schedule here, right? Um, I mean, I realize we're getting a bit of fall in here and there, but we really won't have much of a fall if this continues, will we? No, we won't, because once you get into November, it's going to be colder, because the averages go down fairly quickly this time of year. And it was in July when I saw the trees changing. Everything has been about a month ahead, and it's consistent like that. It's been that way ever since and i don't see an end to it and so we're getting closer to november weather really and who knows what we'll get by the end of this month and i wouldn't be surprised if if we get a measurable snow in the next few days it may will melt because it it's not going to stay on the ground this early usually mm. but later in the month who knows you may have not frost on the pumpkin but yet may have to dig it out of a snowbank i don't know for sure yet And I'm glad you brought up the trees changing color early. I'm not an I told you so guy, but we kind of told you so, right? We were talking about all these signs in nature that indicated we may get an early winter or a harsh winter. And we're certainly getting a taste of winter or at least very cold weather early here. So all those signs in nature, it looks like maybe we're right. Yeah, it looks like it because it has been so consistent and everything seems to be falling into place. It I, it was early on the trees. The crops were maturing faster than normal. Everything was going faster as if it were a month er, you know, late. You know, everything was a month later than it really was. Yeah. And now the weather's doing the same thing. And I'm just glad I'm not walking the streets of Calgary right now. People will be throwing... Uh, rotten tomatoes or something at me. Well, and snowballs, right? I mean, wow. Yeah, snowballs, frozen rotten tomatoes or snowballs or some mixture, it wouldn't be good. Yeah, so just summarize for us now that you don't really see any break in this. A couple days where we might get to double-digit temperatures, but they'll be wet and cloudy, so you, you don't see much better weather in the forecast here. No, absolutely not. I don't see anything really good, and I'm just wishing it would dry up so that we could finish getting stuff off the ground, get, you know, getting the crops in. We'll be harvesting into early November the way it looks, and then it will then it'll be going on the frost. You just go, and when it's freezing, you go. You don't have to worry about mud or anything like that, but that's not lots of fun. And I, I'm seeing that as a possibility. Unless we get too much snow on the ground, then it messes everything up. But I don't see a major snowfall here yet, but it's still early October. We have the rest of the month to worry about that, and it it could happen. It's happened in October before. It can happen again. I just hope it doesn't. Yeah, well, let's talk about that. You're not combining today because of the weather. Uh, What are you working on right now? Sunflowers? Well, we're actually doing we're doing sugar beets. Oh, beets, right. The, the lifter couldn't lift them because it was too wet and gummy, so we're having to wait until 
it improves. Yeah. And and the roads are so slick, uh, it was unbelievable because you could hear the drivers talking. And again, there are things I can't repeat, but yeah. uh, they were talking about how slick it was. It was just horrible hmm. on the road. So it was, it was dangerous, and you couldn't see because it was drizzly and and well, it's one, two, three in the morning. You couldn't see very much anyway, but it's drizzly and light rain and fog, and and it's really wet and slippery and that's very dangerous yeah so weather having an impact on the harvest hey bruce thanks a lot for doing this i appreciate it and joining us now on cjob at 251 it is mayoral candidate jenny mcclock hi jenny hi Hal. how are you good thank you for doing this so I personally think one of the problems at City Hall is a lack of communication. We've heard councillors, Janice Lukes, for example, say that the mayor has not spoken with her in two years. You made an announcement today to try and change that. Tell us about it. Thank you very much. You know, I I believe that governance is quite likely the most important factor that we have in determining the ultimate success of City Hall, because how any group of community leaders interact and collaborate is really critical to striking the balance between the best interests of all Winnipeggers. And frankly, under our current mayor, EPC has become kind of a contrived Yes Brian Club, and it excludes the interests of thousands of Winnipeggers, and I'm talking about those whose councillors are not members of the EPC. So we recognize that this is a problem, and, you know, in some cases, it smells suspiciously like taxation without representation. And Winnipegers should be outraged by that, Hal. And so um, what are you proposing to do to change that? Yeah, thanks. So my solution to it starts with a strategic planning session for all of city council. So when I'm mayor of Winnipeg, the very first thing I'm going to do is bring together all of the 15 councillors to a strategic planning session so that we can all put our good ideas on the table and come away with some consensus around what are Winnipeg's top priorities and what are the things that we're going to focus on for the term, for the next budget cycle, and for the next years. And you know how I've told you this before, I'm a big believer in teams, and City Council is the team that's going to lead Winnipeg into the future. One of the great things about all-star teams is that they're made up of stars. And that's what the city council will be because those will be the people that will be selected by their wards. And one of the difficulties is dealing or interacting sometimes with people who have opposing views. But I'll tell you my experience is that when we can bring everybody together and help identify, you know, come around some consensus on what are our common goals, all of that spirited debate that happens underneath it leads to better outcomes. So my commitment today is to invite all of City Council to a strategic planning session so that at the end of it, first of all, so that all the voices can be heard and that at the end of it, we will all know exactly what are the objectives that we're trying to achieve so that then we can get busy trying to achieve them. Thank you, Jenny. Appreciate it. Thanks, Hal. Bye for now. And joining us on the phone now, also running for mayor, Tim Dyack. Hi, Tim. Hey. I wanted to chat with you about one of your ideas that came out yesterday, and I had a full show yesterday. I couldn't get to it. But the idea of criminals paying for their crimes. Talk for a minute about that. 
Well, the, the crimes have to be fairly specific in order to introduce something like this. It's something I should have done a separate uh, press release on just to get all of the aspect of it, because there seems to be some confusion, which there should be. It's a, it's a novel idea, I guess. Some of the crimes that we look at and people are saying, well, you know, somebody's addicted and they have no money. How are you going to make them pay? Well, that's not the crime I had in mind. And, uh, and young offenders and then people who are impoverished. So really looking at two specific crimes. The first one was impaired drivers. My property taxes are going to pay for that guy's police service. Now he should pay for his own police service. He pays for the tow. He pays for his AFM. My argument is, look, it's going to be like a hundred bucks an hour for those two officers. It's going to be all of these things add up to a cost. And I want to know why am I paying for that? That's on him if he's driving around drunk. So a thousand dollar surcharge in court or, you know, the same way that we bill for ambulances, or equate it to if you had a leak in your house for the water bill, and you're still on the hook. If you run up a water bill, you didn't know you had a leak down by your foundation for 2000 or $3,000. Well, that's on you. And then I, I go, this is unjust. This guy makes a conscious decision to drive around drunk on our streets. He should be paying for the police service. What other crime would that apply to? Well, I think that people who are exploiting marginalized people for, uh, for sex, they're driving around in an impoverished area with their vehicle and they're they're uh you know if we set up a sting operation where we have somebody posing as a child um you know for somebody who's an online predator and that costs you know we have seven or eight officers working on that and, and an undercover officer and and uh, we have to set up to do it safely because we don't know who we're dealing with well why is it that the thousands of dollars that were spent to catch that online predator are coming out of my property tax that should be coming out of his pocket on top of, you know, he should be paying for his police service. And by the way, here's your, you know, $1,200 or $1,500 police surcharge for, for the impact that you had on our community. I appreciate that it would be difficult to collect money from some people, but I, I think that based on the two offenses that I described there, I, I don't see the public having a problem saying, you know, that makes sense. That's a good idea. Interesting idea, Tim. We'll talk about it. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye-bye. That is Tim Dyack running for mayor. Before him, Jenny Makaluk also running for mayor. Let's talk about Tim's idea. Criminals paying for their crimes. Now, he admits it might be hard to get the money out of some of these criminals, but he pointed a couple of, uh, pointed out a couple of examples there where it might work. Loren McNabb from the start. McLean McGarry and McNabb here on CGOB. By the way, you guys are sounding fantastic. Oh, thank you. It's never yeah. a long day if I get to come in with you, Hal. So, Aww, yeah. that's nice. Is that buttering up enough? A little bit. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Always welcome around here. You can butter me up as much as you want. I did hear this on your show this morning. I thought, man, I got to get Loren in here to talk about this. You went to Brandon and you walked the streets of Brandon. With Bear Clan. Yeah, so they patrol Thursday and Friday nights, and I was just happened to be in Brandon on Saturday um, for a private uh, birthday party, and I called up one of their members, uh, Kim Longstreet, and I said, do you think you could show me around? Like, do, give me, wa- let me walk in your footsteps mm. and what you guys normally do in a patrol, because... Uh, they're dealing with their own growing math problem. And I never imagined in meeting up with Kim, A, the things we'd see in terms of the needles and the the faces of some of the people on the street and the concerns, but also she's battling this meth problem in her home. So she's out on the streets and she's trying to help clean up and get rid of those dirty needles and talk to people and just kind of be a good presence in downtown Brandon. But then she also has a son 
who four years ago became addicted to meth. All right, let's take a listen. This is what we'd be looking for, eh? Lying in the grass next to a fence in downtown Brandon, scattered in the back alley. You can see there's a, a, the, what they would cook their meth in. And up along the edge of a busy lot are signs of a problem Kim Longstreet says Manitobans can no longer ignore. Frankly, it doesn't matter where you go in the community, you're going to find uh, people are using. Longstreet is with Brandon's Bear Clan. So we might have Pacific, Rosser and Princess, but basically we cover the downtown. Two nights per week, they're out talking to some of that city's more vulnerable, handing out water, care kits, and working to safely recover and dispose of dirty needles. In my one-hour tour, they weren't hard to find. We've actually picked needles out of dumpsters. Um, we, we didn't do that uh, in the beginning, but then we started realizing that people were actually taking the needles out of dumpter, dumpsters and using them. In the Bear Clan's first six months of operation in 2017, they pulled about 30 from Brandon Streets. So far this year, well over 400, a 1,200% increase. All they're doing is looking for their next meth and they're out, you know, finding ways and means of doing that. Either they're prostituting themselves or they're stealing or whatever it takes to get the meth. It's one clue to a mounting meth crisis in western Manitoba. But in this city of almost 50,000 people, Longstreet says it's not the only one. Uh, a giveaway could be that they're carrying uh, a bar, something heavy with them. Uh, they could be wearing a heavy chain with a lock around their neck. And why would they? Well, that's a weapon. That, and, and their fear, the, the psychosis of people who are on meth is get them before they get you. So if you're looking at them in some odd way, they may be hearing that you're, hurt, you're there to hurt them. So they're going to hurt you before you hurt them. And it's not them doing it, it's the psychosis. Arming uh, themselves in anticipation of that high. A complete shift in personality and behaviour that Longstreet knows as both a Bear Clan member and a mom. Four years ago, she discovered her son was addicted to meth. An athlete, a university student, and then an adult with a terrifying problem. The very thought of himself ever doing something to his body like that was so foreign to him. He worked out, he ate well, he did all the right things. And uh, to have to succumb to I like injecting yourself with a chemical that is going to kill you is, is even still foreign to both of us to think about. She's watched him repeatedly struggle. And then, after 28 days of treatment or detox, slip back into the shadows of meth again. It's meth. Meth cannot be cured and helped in 21 days or 28 days. Meth is a uh, monster that needs specialized treatment. Uh, I've been advocating for that a lot. So when we talk about those long-term treatment facilities, yeah. this is what we mean. Yeah, long-term, like a, a year. What do you say to the Manitobans and people in Brandon or Winnipeg or any small town that are like, that's, that's not our problem. You know, there's, there's a handful of drug users and people are making bad choices and it's not affecting me, so I don't care. Like, I don't want my tax dollars fixing some junkie's problem. Yeah, so when I, th- when I hear those comments, I just think to myself, you know, it's not your problem until you happen to look across the street at somebody who may be high on meth. They run across the street at you and hurt you or harm somebody you love, now it's your problem. So it is our problem. It's everybody's problem. That is Arloren McNabb with Bear Clan on the streets of Brandon, where they also are dealing with a meth crisis. Now, Lorraine, you also talked to the police chief in Brandon, Wayne Balkin.
Here's that conversation. People can't function when they're when they're on methamphetamines and, and work and be employed. So a lot of the thefts are happening because of this. And um, this is a bike, if it's worth $500, may sell for $20 and enough to get uh, get them through the day on their high. Uh, we're seeing an increase in our our general thefts and possession of property and, and theft over as well as our break and enters and, and specifically to uh, some of our garages and sheds and outbuildings. Um, people look for the easy targets and a way to get uh, uh, articles with that they can resell. So Brandon's actually uh, in, in to fight back against this, if you will. They've hired a drug investigator and a youth intelligence officer. So there's two extra people working there now just to strictly deal with the math problem. And one another thing they're worried about there, which we know they're here in Winnipeg, is the, the impact on young adults and teens not only becoming addicted to math, but Wayne Balkin, the chief of Brandon's Police Service, says that also leaves those kids or, or young adults vulnerable to exploitation and potentially the sex trade. Well, the exploited youth uh, often get brought in uh, through the use of drugs, and uh, then they're used to work either out on the street or with clients uh, doing uh, trafficking of themselves, and uh, the repayment is uh, in drugs. You know, Lorraine, we had on yesterday Inspector Ian Waddell, Organized Crime Unit, Winnipeg Police Service, talking about the meth crisis, and you've been all around the world. You've reported on big stories all around the world. This is a real big story in this community, in this province, isn't it? Yeah, and I actually said to Wayne when I was chatting with him, the chief of Brandon Police Service, I grew up in Minnedosa, and I actually said, if you had told me, yeah. you know, as a Minnedosa high school kid, that I would suddenly be talking about math, essentially, in our backyard, Minnedosa is only 30 minutes from Brandon, I, I would never have believed it. There's something mm-hmm. about this drug, and I think it's because... Um, you've seen people smoke before or you've seen them drink. Uh, you can imagine all the different things, but when you start talking about a human just injecting, like sticking that needle into yeah. their arm, and then the layers of that addiction when it comes to, A, that person's journey, but yeah. then the impact on property crime, violence, all the rest, I just I would not have thought we'd be talking about this to this extreme right now. Yeah, and that it doesn't seem like it's going to get any better anytime soon. I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. And I'm a fixer, right? So I like answers, and I don't think there are answers here. Well, the the issue, and this is just something we're all learning too, I don't proclaim to be an expert, but in all the people you talk to, especially when they have loved ones or they were a meth addict, what you keep hearing is that it, it just grabs you, like it sucks mm-hmm. you back in and it's hard to rid that addiction. So you might have, they hope to get to a place where maybe they they, get, they have less, less meth on the street, but then you're still going to have the addicts. And if you don't do something to give them a long-term solution, mm-hmm. that's just going to be feeding back into another cycle, maybe a different drug, maybe a different problem, but this is not going to be over anytime soon. The meth crisis big here in the city of Winnipeg, but also big in other areas of the province like Brandon. Lauren, thanks a lot. Thanks Appreciate for having it. me. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.